Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Hey, you're tuning in to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Gregadana, and with me as always... Richie Byrne. It's exciting to see you, buddy. It's that time, 6 o'clock, time for a cocktail. Yes. Laugh. It's a I, good night uh, for a cocktail. We have a good guest for a cocktail. Yes, we do. Should we just bring her straight out? Yeah, yeah. I, it's, yes. Yeah, let's bring her out, and then we'll talk. Folks, uh, you know oh, her, you I, love her. She has her own show, Tipsy Tuesday, which she'll fill you in on. Very special guest. We love her. Very special guest. Give it up. Dina Blizzard's here. No. Dina Blizzard. She's, How are you? She's oh. already cocktailing it. I love it. Look at you, ready to go. You and your small talk. Listen, there's a show where you drink on the internet. That's my kind of show. <laughs> you you have been doing a show, Tipsy Tuesday. Yes. Uh, how long have you been running? I think it's. I think we're in our third year, which means wow. uh, I guess I think we started it because I was so pissed off about Halloween um, that I just couldn't take it anymore. So I told everybody that we were going to start a new holiday called Wineween, which was the day after Halloween. <laughs> you just drink and eat your kids' candy. So we went live like the day after things. Halloween, and you know we had done like little things here and there, but I just went live that. It was a Tuesday night at 9 p.m. and like 9,000 people showed up. I was like, who knew oh. that so many women wanted a drink on a Tuesday night? Really? And, um, so yeah, so that was the first night we did. We did no prep, no logo. We had nothing against, um, but it worked. And that's pretty much how we run every show. Zero plans, no prep whatsoever. Um, and so... Our numbers are up because, you know, quarantine. What else is there to do than drink on the internet? So we, we average maybe 25,000 now that watch us drink. And so wow. That's just fantastic. My whole career has been zero plan and nothing has come of it. So <laughs> God bless you. You're funny, fellas. Well, I'm happy to be here. I usually don't drink this early. This is, I mean, liar. Okay, whatever. You so is, wait so is, your, is the priest at your church watching? Sure, I, mean, that's good. I hope you guys refer to me as my official name. Dina has a small butt. I'd yes. like to spread that rumor, please. Thank you. Yeah, well, I just think it's funny because Dina only came on to this 10 minutes ago and said, oh, I don't drink this early. Fill that glass up, and that's where she is now. Well, here we go. <laughs> the world is calling me. People need this, so we got to bite the bullet. I love it. So it's kind way. of a quarantini. She said. It is a quarantini. So <laughs> what are you drinking, baby? You, you jumped ahead, but what are you drinking? I did. So uh, a couple, I guess it was last year. Shut up. <laughs> Literally, the dog hasn't barked All the day. entire day. It's the same thing with the kids. Like, I talked to one person yesterday on the phone. The kids didn't talk to me all day. As soon as I had a friend on the phone, she was like, Can I just talk? I was like, get away. You literally had 14 <laughs> hours to talk to me. Now as I have one friend. I have one friend that called. Please get out of my <laughs> Anyway, so I've gone to Kentucky, somewhere in Kentucky, um, and this real big bourbon country. And so at the airport, 
they had this Knob Creek. And I was like, I never do anything nice for my husband. So I bought one of these of Knob Creek. I was like, it's like bourbon's like a very manly drink. So I was like, I'll do that. And then I came home and I drank all of it all by myself. <laughs> uh, girl. What are you drinking, Mark? I am having a Stella Atois again. again. All right. In honor of Dina, I am having a Cabernet. Oh, you know. I'm a you Cabernet yeah. Joe, baby. Cabernet. I'm having a Cabernet. So, so we need a joke. Do you have a – you don't have a street joke for us? You don't have a street to. joke. Mine is, like, stupid. It's like a kid joke, right? Because I – We love those. We love it. Yeah, my street joke. We like kids. A guy a guy goes to the psychiatrist, and he goes, you got to help me. I'm a teepee. I'm a wig mom. I'm a teepee. I'm a wig mom. And the doctor says, calm down. You're too tense. <laughs> the kids love it. They do. Yeah. You want me to see? Want to test it on one of mine? No, you have to actually explain what a wigwam is because, like, what? Yeah, this is <laughs> it doesn't really kill. I was lying. Right. So, how have you been holding up with this whole coronavirus thing? Um, pretty. Uh, I don't know as well as anybody is. It's so funny because I again had no plan going into quarantine. We went in early. My son has asthma. I have a kidney stone. So. You know, listening to all the stories, we're like, we're hunkering down. So we're a couple days ahead of everybody. We're on like day 22. Okay. Um, and like one of the very, so we were, had been in quarantine for maybe four days. And at that point, your body starts to shift, right? You're like, I'm not going to see any people. I can lower my standards now. I don't have to shower. I can walk around naked. Like there's certain things that happen in your brain where you're like, I'm not going to see humans. So I had taken a shower. And I was in my bra and underwear. And we only have one laundry basket now at the end of the hall. So I'm in La La Land and uh, I start coming down the hall and, I, and I'm and i screaming because that's what mom's doing quarantine. Like, everybody get up, everybody get up, do something, whatever. And I see my son going, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm just about to step into the kitchen. And he's like, and I think it's because I'm screaming. And then all of a sudden, I hear this man talking. And I'm like, who's in our house? And then I realized my daughter is in her Zoom class for history. And I was just about to step into the background of her shot. Literally just bra and underwear. And history teacher was going to see all wow. of that. And I just started cracking up laughing. Still no pants on. And I went back and I shot a video and I was like, listen, I'm a couple days ahead of you guys. You need to know they can see you on Zoom. They can hear you on Zoom. Teachers don't, we don't need to hurt their eyes. And so um, I shot a video, it was stupid. And um, and I, I don't know, I, I think it has almost a million views on it. It was something ridiculous. And, uh, and then I started making them every day. I started just making these quarantine diary videos of what's happening at our house. Most of it's pretty crappy, um, but funny, hopefully. And uh, Let's throw the links on our live comments. We'll throw the links up. That yeah. way uh, people can watch them. They are. Uh, the, probably one of the most popular ones is um, somewhere around day seven is where you really start to question what you were thinking when you did your survival shopping. Like, I don't know what I was thinking when I was at the BJ's in the shop, right? But I was like, listen, we're going to need water chestnuts, 
We're going to need some of those spice drops. Like my grandma used to eat these disgusting spice. I know the ones you're talking about. They're disgusting. And why I was standing in an acne, like I can't go into a pandemic without these spice drops. She went through the depression. She must have known something. I'm grabbing two bags of spice drops. They're literally <laughs> the most disgusting. So my house is filled with water chestnuts, tons of canned peaches, and then those spice drops. Like you just kind of... Like, you're like, we're good now. Everybody's good. No toilet paper, no paper towels, <laughs> no chicken. I'm like, just, I was like, what was I thinking? So sometime around day seven, you're like, this is not going to go well. Um, so it's it's just kind of those dumb things that I feel like, well, you know, I mean, that's what comedy is. It's just kind of taking the shared experience. I know, but it's, you're not supposed to apply comedy into quarantining with your family. <laughs> you so, know, honestly, it's the only thing that's getting me through. I What am I doing? Like, even when Joel called, he was like, hey, can you do this uh, podcast with the boys? I'm like, what am I going to say? No. Oh, what you got you back doing? You got back to us so fast, it scared me. What else am I doing? Am I going to say, guys, I'm super busy. I don't know how your quarantine is going, but I got a ton of gigs. I was like, what? how could I say no? Like, I'm like, oh, you guys have no idea how much Well, that's been the best part of this, Dina, is because we were doing the show once a week, and um, but we were recording like five or six shows in a day right. at the studio on the comic strip. And we even tried to get you a few times, but people are like, I can't get there this day. I can't make it there. But now nobody has an excuse. Oh, so yeah. Seinfeld is our guest tomorrow. because he- <laughs> Watch the, the chat room's going to blow up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Everyone lying yeah, bastards. <laughs> yep. and, and on Tuesday, Bill Cosby's going to be here. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that. We can't wait for his drink. You know what? I, I'm cracking up, though. I don't know if you guys have been on any Zoom calls, but every once in a while, I'll get on a Zoom call for, like, random business. And there's somebody on every Zoom call. It's like, listen, everybody, um, this is great. I do have to wrap it up in about 10 minutes. I have another call. I'm like, really? <laughs> you, real, you're, you're real busy. You had back-to-back to back meetings when you had a 24-hour time space to fit them in, and you had to put them back because you're so important. I usually that could be an excuse though. Maybe they're like me and just like to go to the bathroom a lot. I was say they got a maybe. Maybe because <laughs> we got to wrap this up soon. I got a, a <laughs> meeting upstairs. Now and, I've, been, uh, I've been speaking. Of that, I've been walking every day. Okay. And I go to different parks. That's why they call him Richie Winburn. I went. Yeah, that's why my face is red. No, it's a bad camera, but it looks like I have sunburn. Um. So I went to this park yesterday, and I, it was cold out. And he started and soliciting young men. Yeah, I don't know where this story is going. I'm about an hour into the walk, and I realized that I need a bathroom. I need to use the bathroom. And the other parks that I went to, you can every the bathrooms are closed. You can't use a bathroom. Everybody's surprised you're even allowed at a park. Yeah. Um, I think today they did away with that. Yeah. But uh, okay. I still broke into a park and walked around. Because every park I went to, they were playing basketball. They were playing. You're like, guys, what are you doing? So anyway, I realized that the park I was in was very crowded and just had trees in the middle. There was nowhere to go and sneak off and like try it. I'm like, ah, I guess I got to wait till I get home. This is going to be it's gonna be a rough drive home because I can't go anywhere today, man. You can't. So, but you know, today I went out. I had to do. I had to run some errands, and I went to. 
I went and got, I had to get a uh, propane. Sure. I went and got propane. I went to, I have a PO box. So I, I wanted to go to the post office to get my mail. What do you need propane for? Uh, I've been doing a ton of uh, barbecuing since this started. Okay. Yeah. So like, a- like Home Depot or something. Yeah. I, I went to a nursery, you know, okay. one more plant. So, uh, but my tire, my, my light came on that one of my tires was low the other day. And I tried to figure it out myself. I got the air. Oh, low. God. Why, why weren't you recording? I know, But even that, I was, like, afraid to touch the air hose. You know, like. You're, you should so be. I went to my mechanic this morning. And I pull in, and all the doors are closed. And they have dark windows. I couldn't really see. And it, there's a sign that says, Close. gas available here. So I'm. I pull in and I'm like, I think they're closed because I don't know what's a necessity. I don't know if mechanics are a necessity. I go, I think they're closed. Let me get out of here. So I pull out of the parking lot and I take off down the street and my phone rings. It's my mechanic. And he goes, (laughs) were you just in my parking lot? I go, yeah. He goes, what, you need anything? You need something? People are so desperate. He's like, dude, come back. I go, I just need air. Come on back. Just come back. So like everyone's so desperate yeah. for work. You know yeah, what I there, mean? There was so a I, guy right outside of Richie's house with a white van that said free candy inside. <laughs> I even said to him, I go, listen, if I needed like an oil change, yeah, I can do it. I can do it all change. I can do it. I and I think he babysit my kids right now the way he was going. <laughs> but um I my uh oil change is due at six hundred miles. And normally, given what we do for a living, that would be a week. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, when's the last time you were out, though? Because it feels like you've been keeping busy and driving a lot. I've been out. I've been driving a lot. No. I get out of the house and I drive around. No. You know what I do, Dina? I go to every bar that I hung out in, and Stop. I pass it, and I cry. And Why I go to the next bar, and I cry. House? What? Why can't you stay at your house? Because I, I'm not good at that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just in my car. What's the difference? Because I don't know. You're like the only <laughs> getting car maintenance done during a pandemic. Like I don't. <laughs> Richie sees it as no waiting anymore. Yeah, like there's no waiting. I just pull I in. Need an air and a tire. I need an air and a tire. I wasn't in a Zoom class. At least I wasn't. Going? Maybe. What did you need to get out of the post office box? What is happening that you had to go to your post office box? So important that you're. I'm waiting on a check. If you must know. Uh oh. Is it for the propane and for the? I need a you're just you wouldn't need the check if you just stayed home you would have paid nothing now it's so funny because i my tire right before the pandemic literally got a i put air in it and then i got down the road it was like you need air again it was clearly busted i had to get four new tires it cost me so much money next day pandemic i was like now this is some crap right here i just spent that money for no reason i could have put that off for another how many months no, I need my car. <laughs> my, mom, my, car. my mom stopped by. She dropped off some stuff because she's antsy. And we're not allowed to go near her. So she was like staying away from right. her. And so she was leaving. And my daughter was like, Happy Easter. And I was like, Merry Christmas. Happy <laughs> Easter. We don't know when we're going to see you. But yeah, like I don't know how long this is going to go for. I'm going to just tell you all the holidays. Merry Christmas. I, yeah, I. I think it's funny when Cuomo keeps saying about it's a time to spend time with your family. I'm like, 
Well, I don't want to. I'd rather spend time with the Manson family. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it doesn't sound like you're spending time with your family at all. You just keep getting. I know. Finding he's finding every excuse to go out. I got to right. find a cobbler. My my work <laughs> boots are broke. <laughs> Yeah, Rich, you're really stretching it right now. This I, is... I, I like getting in my car and driving around. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's exactly <laughs> what we're not supposed to be doing. See, Richie Why? and I are the exact opposite. As soon as we went on quarantine, I'm like, we're not even allowed to open the door. Yeah, locking it. There's no yeah, reason. Taping the windows. Yeah, nothing. I'm a bad American. Okay, I'm a bad American. I keep shut. I shut the storm shutters. I'm a batting down the hatches. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Richie's well, out gallivanting, having a parade. He's he's his own parade, just going down the street, waving to nobody. Look, my friend, Chrissy, I'm, hey, Richie, were you wearing a mask? No, I, I was in my car. Nobody, <laughs> it's not like there's somebody in the car with me. I'm in the car. <laughs> Richie throws the car in. Uh, he puts it in uh, on cruise control at two miles an hour. He gets on the roof. He's waving to the neighbors. I am the only person who's going to get a DUI during this. During this. <laughs> You're drinking in the parking lots of the bars you hang out at, you I drunk. Am. I am. <laughs> Hey, shout out to Sherrod Small for tuning in. Well, hey, I can't wow, believe Sherrod some of Sherrod Small, one of my favorite comics, is tuning in. That's, uh, that's, cool. that's pretty cool. I, so, uh, Pina, yeah. What? Um, so you're very you're a very famous, funny mother now. Um, what made you get into comedy? Um, I think I had two babies. I have three kids all together. And I think I had had my second baby and I was turning 30 and, you know, 40, I was fine with, but 30, I was like, I'm going to die soon. I should do everything. I've ever I had done. trouble with 30. That's funny. Why? 40 I, totally fine. I had no problem with 40. I had trouble with 30 and I had, a, and I had trouble with 50. So you'll yeah, see. Not there yet. Next. But yeah. it, it was bad. And so I was like, I should do everything I ever wanted. I'm probably going to die soon. And I'd always wanted to try stand up. And so my husband bought me a comedy class in Northeast Philly. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to just do this and see what happens. And so um, I, I took the class. I don't know. It was a couple weeks. And after it was over, the owner picked a couple people to start doing, like being the cedar girl at the local comedy cabaret. And so I would seat people. For probably nine months, I sat people at the cabaret. But I would get to see all these great comics and so i i just learned so much and you know just started i just started doing it mostly out of boredom but i really i just and i wasn't good but i i wanted to get away from my kids and um i and think I there's two school of thoughts with when people want to start comedy like i was the same as you i started working the door at a club mm -hmm. and i worked at a club to learn what it was about and yeah. before i dove in and then there are the people who are like, I just got drunk, went to an open mic, the rest became history. Yeah, yeah, no, it was there was no real master plan other than I just wanted to get away from them. And you, you were you were Miss New Jersey. I was Miss New Jersey, so it was very funny when I started doing stand up. I remember the very first time I went on stage. So I took this comedy class, 
And the comedian uh, that was teaching it was Joey Callahan. He's a local Philly guy. Joey, love Joey. Yeah, love Joey. And he said, if you think you want to be a comedian, you should get up, go sign up for open mic. It's right after this class, just do it. So I got up and I signed my name and I was like, if my name is on there, I'll go up. I had, again, zero plan. And so when I, when my name was called, I had nothing. So, you know, I always knew like pageantry was something easily made fun of. And I had gone to Miss America and I was like, well, I'll, I'll just tell those stories. And so I don't even know what I said. I, who knows? It was so long ago. It probably wasn't funny. And <laughs> I remember coming off stage and some guy running over to me. To this day, I have no idea who it was. But he came up to me and he was like, oh, my gosh, you were so natural on stage. Like, have you been on stage before? I was like, well, I've done like some Mr. Jersey stuff, whatever. He was like, I'm telling you, you're just so natural. He was like, you're going to be fine. It's just, you're just, you can talk and it clearly comes easy to you going on and on. And I just, I was like, I'm sorry. Um, was I funny? Cause I was shooting for funny. Is <laughs> for. And he was like, no, you're not funny yet, but you'll get funny. He was like, I'm telling you, what you do naturally takes years to learn. You'll catch up with, don't worry about being funny. You're going to be fine. And I didn't understand it then. It was my first night. <laughs> who, who, was, who was that? Who, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, when you first start doing stand up and everything is a blur, you just see yourself and you see lights and you poop your pants a little, like you don't really see anything outside of yourself. Yeah. Right. I don't know. When I, my, when I started doing stand up, I used to go to this open mic in the city on uh, which I talked about the other day, uh, and on 14th Street. And um, the guy who ran that show said to me, uh, "He said, you're in theater, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You have a theater background." I go, "Yeah." How'd you know? He goes, "Because you're comfortable on stage and you know where your light is." Yeah. He's and I go and he goes, but even more importantly. No, you don't want anyone to deter you from your what you're about to say. Like if anyone heckles you, you're fucked. And he goes, and you need to learn that yeah. this isn't a model. You knew you were in the musical theater too because you kept posing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was something weird about doing your act with jazz hands. So, but um, he said that he goes, you got to get over that. You can't worry. <laughs> you have to learn how to ad lib and, and improv too, which was a very important note. It was, you know, well, and, that's the. And, I mean, I've seen you do warm up, and you know, well, I mean, it's the basis of of everything. You know, once you can tell a joke, is can you just kind of live in a room? Now so, you've done plenty of warm up. Yeah. Do you feel you warm up made you a better comic? Because I do. Yeah. Well, you know what's so funny? So you'll appreciate this. So I I had worked at the Comedy Stop in Atlantic City forever, maybe eight to eight to ten years that it was there. And there's a great guy, Rich Kurtz, that used to work there. He was the audio. Uh, I love yeah. Rich. I, I love Rich. Rich Kurtz. And so, you know, I don't know that you realize when you have these other experiences, whether it's radio or television or warm-up or whatever pl way, place that comedy takes you, I don't know that you realize that you're learning until, you know, some time goes by. And so I had come back to the club, and I wasn't doing much stand-up. Like, I don't know how you do stand-up while still maintaining the schedule of warm-up. Like, it's just – because I was getting up at 4 in the morning. Yeah, me too. It's just – it's crazy. Yeah. And I, had got, I had gone down to the club, and I was working with Rich for the week. And he said, Dina, your stand-up is so different now. And I knew – I hadn't written anything new in forever. And I was like, oh, so rich. I really haven't written anything new. He goes – you know, I'm telling you, it is so different 
than what it used to be. I go, Rich, I don't, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> These are the I same don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. These are the same jokes I've been right. telling right. forever. And he said, Dina, it's not, it's not that your jokes changed. No, God forbid. You changed. Yeah, God forbid. He said, but it's the way that you say them. And I was like, right. I don't get it. He's like, you used to come here and you used to tell your jokes almost like a question. Like, it right? Is it okay? You see, like, this is funny. He says, you just tell your jokes like, and this is where you laugh. And mm -hmm. this is where you laugh now. He's like, it's a very fine tuning, he said, but it, it's a huge difference. And um, I don't I don't know that I cognitively understood that, but, um, you know, as time went on. And then, you know, I mean, after that, any type of audience interaction, you know, I got to the point where I was like, do I even need jokes? Like, I could just go and talk to everybody mm -hmm. forever. Um, you know, right. which is the bad part. You're like, I think I'm supposed to have jokes. Too. Right. <laughs> you're, you're one of the best at that. Like, just being able to... I've never seen somebody effortlessly have conversations with people on stage and just kill like it was written for you. Right. Like it, it was, uh, that, well, it's such a cool thing to watch. When I went to your one woman show at um, uh, New York theater, which, you you know, you were in the same theater. I did my show. I did the oh, Richie yeah. show in that theater. Yeah. yeah. And um, you in the middle of her show, you would stop and do audience interaction. And I remember being, I just thought that was amazing. I'm like, you just kind of like, all right, we're gonna take a break now from my my one woman show. <laughs> and I'm gonna, it's now it's your one person. Enough of that crap, I say it every night. Let's That's have some fun. I, said. I was like, I'm telling you, I literally would do the show, it's an hour and a half show, just moving towards that part. Because I was like, listen, I know the rest of the show. I was like, what are you guys bringing to the table? It was always <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, and, I, and you were so good at it. Entertain and me, you. I, I shouldn't swear. Fun. I don't know if kids are watching. I know. I've wanted to curse so many times. No, you can curse. We curse. There was, a, there was an old man when we first started off Broadway. There was this old guy, really tall old guy, that used to come to all the shows. And, you know, we didn't have huge crowds when we started. Um, so you got to meet everybody. But this guy kept coming to the show. And, and finally, we started having more involved conversations. And I was like, yeah, I've noticed you've been to a lot of shows. He goes, yeah, I've, I've been coming since you started the show. I go, oh, well. That's nice of you. Um, he goes, yeah, you know, I, I saw you do that audience interaction that you do, and it was really good. And I was like, oh, thanks. He goes, yeah, it was so good that I thought it was fake, that all these people are plants that you're talking to. And I was like, but they're not. He goes, yeah, so I've been coming back every single day <laughs> to see if it's ever the same people. And I'm starting to think that you don't know any of these people. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know any of these. I, I could lose a lot of money. Um, I don't know anything. Yeah. As long as you keep losing, tickets, sir, you keep coming and prove me wrong. <laughs> you know how much money we're losing buying these audience plants tickets? <laughs> you know what was funny? The night I went to your show, uh -huh. I have to do a shout out to the regulars, which I call them. Yeah. Um, I walk, Mark, I walk into this theater and I, I, I'm walking to my seat and I hear, Richie Byrne, Richie Byrne. <laughs> I turn and about 10% of the audience are the people who go to the daytime shows to the, the cause ah. Dina, yeah, Dina did right. Nate Burkis and what else did you do warm up? Nate Burkis. Um, oh, did Nate Burkis and, 
Anderson Cooper were my big shows, and but then Cooper. I would fill in on a couple other shows. So there's a group of people mm -hmm. who go to every show. Mm -hmm. I call them the regulars. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, Cynthia, Cynthia just got on, Cynthia Bonanno just mm -hmm. got on. And um, so I walk in and all of a sudden I'm like a celebrity, like Richie Bird is here. <laughs> oh my God. You remember that? And then Joe, you were taking pictures with, and it was like a big deal that you and I were together. It was almost like Batman and the Green Hornet got together. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, and I even said, I go, I went home that night, I go, wow, those guys really love Dina for them to go and support. And then when I did a big show at the St. George Theater. I was going to say, they all came out to support as well. Well, that's right. And you were on Staten Island that night. And yeah, they came to see me. Shows. They had to make a decision and they all went to see they me. They all came to see me. which So I love them for that. Yeah. They're very devoted fans, though. And they're great. They're great people, you know. So I, this made me laugh because I felt I've never felt like a celebrity except for that night. <laughs> you know. I walked in the theater to see you, and everyone was yelling my name. Was <laughs> now, what was your what was your um, talent for uh, Miss America? So I wish it was stand up because I was hilarious backstage. But at the time, I was I was trying to win. So um, I was a I'm a classical pianist. So I played. Ah. Classical, you know, yeah, but I was really funny backstage. Much funnier. <laughs> That would have been awesome if your talent was you went and interviewed all the other contestants. I thought, all right, here's one of my favorite stories from Miss America. I don't know if I told it my first night or not. But so, you know, people are trying to win. I was like, Jersey had to send somebody, so I'm coming. So um, I remember like the final night, so, uh, there's like a traveling companion for each girl. And she was like, do you think you're going to win? I was like, absolutely not. Pretty sure. I think we'd all be surprised if I win. But that never. <laughs> So it is, um, I had noticed that, so we had this opening number and everybody had all these different outfits. Well, I noticed in my opening number, I'm a very tall woman, I'm 5'10". I noticed in rehearsal that my dress is, in, it sh is short. It was supposed to be a short white dress, fine. Where they placed me was all the way downstage, like literally in front of the judges. So if you are judging this thing, you are judging all of this, right? Because you can see right up my skirt. And everything <laughs> is like above our arm, so just vagina everywhere. So I I call my mom. Stop it. Stop. Well, now we know his key word is vagina. <laughs> that's, that's his attack. Hold on, Dina. Somebody wants to say hi real quick. Hey, Ansel. Say hi. Is this apple? What are you doing? Gum. Gum. All right, I'll let you go. Took quite the turn. I have one of them is coming out to see what the hell. I could be mauled to death, and nobody was like, "Oh, listen, is the banana bread done? I'm making banana bread." They won't come out because I might be mauled by dogs. But as the timer goes off for the banana bread, they're like, "Oh, I got to come out of my room." Just saying. They're all in. So anyway, so I call my mom and I go, now, could you, when, once you go into Miss America, you're not allowed to leave. There's no leaving. So I call my mom. I'm like, listen, I need you to go out and I need you to buy me some white bloomers, okay? Because you can see all my junk right here. So I just, just white bloomers. Please don't come up with a better plan. Please don't overthink this. I just need you to go get white bloomers. Bring them back. Bring them backstage. I'll be fine. So now it's final night at Miss America, right? We're about to go on national television. I get a package backstage. I'm like, this is my bloomers. 
I open them up and it's a, it's a gigantic pair of grandmom lacy underwear, like full lacy underwear up here. So it's not helping. Now it's just covered up. My vagina's covered in lace. And I was like, this is not at all the look that I was going for, for my vagina at Miss America. So now I'm like, it is what it is. And I'm thinking to myself, if the judges are going to see everything, I might as well sit, send a message. So I go around and I go to the stage hands and I'm like, you got a Sharpie or something? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just need a Sharpie real quick. And so they don't know. So at the time it was the 75th anniversary of Miss America. So they had this giant birthday cake with all these tiers and we're like on the bottom tier. And so I was like, listen, I'm pretty sure the judges are going to see my underwear. So I need somebody to write, hi, mom, on my butt. And all the Miss America girls like, I don't know. And Miss Kansas is like, I'll do it. I was like, great. (laughs) And I flip up my dress. And now you can hear outside, they're going, ladies and gentlemen, she writes hi, mom, on my butt. We think this is the funniest thing in the whole world, right? We're cracking up laughing. We're like backstage. We're like, ha ha, this is so funny. <laughs> We're like, here we go. Miss America, 19, whatever. I go to put my dress down. She goes, Dean, you can't put your dress down because it's still wet. You're going to get your dress all messed up. And I was like, well, what do I mean? She goes, it's still wet. You can't. It's not dry yet. And I was like, I'm going to put my dress down. The curtain's about to open. They're like, ladies and gentlemen. And then I was like, quick, everybody blow on my butt. So about 20 Miss America are blowing on my butt. Just like, Miss America! And the curtains open. I was like, Well, that's that's the start. You know, I I replaced Richie has people blowing on his butt before shows too. Doing the warm up for Miss America. You did replace him in the warm up. And I had 20 Miss Americas blowing on my butt too. (laughs) You win. That's why they didn't. Hey. Tom Bannis brought up a good point. He said it says wow from some angles. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point, Tom. That's what I'm saying. And that's uh, I had a tiny butt. Like, I was like, oh, those were good times. Right. You didn't have to put up a I have a small butt thing on. No. Anyway. Now I could have, I could have like a whole essay back there now. Just <laughs> <laughs> now we met you and i met at the um doing sarin's show um, yes. um oh at the un at the united nations mark good time i have a picture of you and me standing underneath some statue with a penis and i'll yeah. get the penis right over your head well, i remember you this is I, a great shot. I had such a ball with you. I had so much fun that day because we had never met before. No. We, had, we had mutual friends, Jay Black, Vinny Nardiello. Mm-hmm. And, we, and and she was like, come on, let's just go. And we had so much fun that day. And they had never done comedy at the UN before. And they never did again. And they never did again. Yeah. But, um, What'd you do? I actually got to go on first. And I remember... I went out and I said to the, I said to them, I go, anybody here from out of town? And I thought that was a great line. And almost the whole crowd raised their hand and like three Americans left. It was the funniest thing. Yeah. (laughs) I love awkward moments. That was some of the best ones. That's, yeah. I love, uh, you know, you have this great joke. And anyone from out of town, they're all like, very serious about it. Like, yeah, yes, we all are. We I'm all from are Turkey. I'm from Turkey. I'm from Slovenia. I'm like, okay. That's a story about how I met Mark Riccadonna. So 
We Uh-oh. had been in, again, we all we knew all the same people we had never met. And I had just gotten booked to do a gig at, in Myrtle Beach, uh, Comedy Cabana. Oh, and Jesus. Said, you can bring your own feature. I'm like, who, who am I going to bring? I don't know. Because it was a living situation where you lived in the same condo. Right. Yeah. So I, I did comedy cabana. Okay, so you know, and yeah. not a lot. You know, they were like, it can't be another female because God forbid. Um, so it has to be a male. And I was like, okay. we don't want to theme the show. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, what man? What male comedian do I want in my house? Who I don't think is going to kill me or try to take my clothes off in the middle of the night? Which very much narrows down the option. So me or a gay guy? Really. <laughs> And everybody was busy. Like the people that like, <laughs> I called, I was like, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. Can't do it. So I was like, I don't even know who to ask. And somebody's like, call this guy, Mark Riccadonna. I was like, never heard of him. Is he going to try to kill me? And they were like, no, he's a really nice guy. So I wasn't, I was flying in. And so I called him. He was like, yeah, I'm driving. To, I'll come pick you up. And I'm thinking, this is just going to be such a weird experience. So this guy just picked me up at the airport, and then we were going to spend a week together living together. By, like, the third day, I was cutting up his food for him. Because <laughs> <laughs> all my kids were really young. So he had, we were at, like, a Ponderosa, and he stepped away. So I made a, a little placemat out of a napkin. <laughs> Cut up all his food. He was like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. Like, it's she- weird. I do that when I work with Rick Adana. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the great thing is, is you had little kids at the time, and then you were working with a full-blown alcoholic. So yeah. you had to take care of me, change my diapers. Yeah, so we had done the gig again, and I had my kids with me at a water park, and Mark was at the condo. And I was like, I'm not going to leave him at the condo. We didn't have a car that time. So I would go pick him up in the morning and bring him to the water park. And then he would get on the, was it like the raging river? And like, he'd come around with three of my kids on him. He's like, hey, Dina. And he just. (laughs) (laughs) That was my training, getting ready for my kids. Jacqueline just stood here a second ago. She was just out of the screen. She was like, is that Mark Riccadonna? We called him Hillbilly. Hillbilly! Oh, yeah, they when we did your show. They recorded oh, What's up? Oh, my How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Is the quarantine treating you well? No. It's been such a long time. I know. You're like an adult now. You, you get yeah. to spend time with your mom, though. Isn't that great? I know. I know I would love that spending time with my mom. <laughs> I remember when we went to the water park, but I didn't really guess. I was just like, why? I never really thought. I was like, I never, it went, never went through my mind that there was just a person. It was just a, some guy. Just, just no. some random dude showed up and started playing with you guys. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, he's, a, he's fun. And then yeah, I remember. And every was- morning we wake up. He was so fun. Every morning we wake up, and they're like, "We're gonna go get the hillbilly. Go get the hillbilly." Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember? In fact, we were all hanging out at this at the water park, right? Water park. All of a sudden, the fire alarm goes off. Were you with us? Yes. <laughs> so it's me, my three kids, Mark, and my mom. So we're kind of like, you had to, you had to leave. So we all started gathering like our purses, whatever. Well, my daughter Jacqueline just took off. She was like, fend for yourself. I think she pushed my mom out of the way and then ran. And I was like, but all good. Well, I think it's I think it's great that you have all these memories of working with Mark 
And the, the only memory you have of me is being under some statue scrotum. <laughs> all I remember that all good memories. All good memories. <laughs> I remember grandma was forcing um you to eat mac and cheese. <laughs> well, that's that's something that I'm so used to is uh usually people are feeding me even more. I'm like a giant balloon. I, and when I go out on the road, I just everybody's try this, try this, try this. Yeah. And then and then tease me later when I see him that I put on weight. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. You've never done that though, thank no, God. I never do that. I always get the people who force me to eat and then they're like, Hey, you put on some weight. <laughs> but uh so Dina, we gotta wrap here soon. But uh we'd like to for you to uh plug your show. Yeah. Tell anybody I'm pretty sure any of our listeners know your stuff, yeah. but yeah. plug so, it anyway. Tipsy Tuesday is every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, the only rule for Tipsy Tuesday, uh, you have to be in your jammies, uh, you have to have no bra on, and a glass of your favorite drink. It doesn't have to be alcoholic, it's up to you what you drink, um, and have very low expectations. I remember Mark and I did the show, you were nice enough to bring us on when we were starting this. Yeah. And I felt bad because Mark put on a one-piece onesie, <laughs> and he had one for me, and I'm like, I'm not wearing that. Yeah, and, and I felt bad because everybody else was in their pajamas, and I also left my bra on, so <laughs> I really I broke all the rules. Yeah. You drank, though. I did drink. That was a fun night. Oh, yeah, it's a great show. Everybody watch it. Do you do it every Tuesday? Do you take a hiatus or do you just go every Tuesday? You never go on hiatus. I think one time I wasn't feeling great, so I didn't go. But the, uh, recently my dad has been having some heart issues and he no. was in the hospital. Oh, and so I had gone to the hospital and he was he was like, he was fine. It's just they were, were waiting on some tests or whatever. And so um, do you guys, you guys know Vince Valentine, right? The yeah. So Vince was supposed to be on our show. He's supposed to be in the living room that night. And I'm like 30 minutes away at the hospital. And I had posted about my dad. And I was like, I'm at the hospital with my dad. So Vince texted me. He was like, listen, I heard about your dad. Don't worry about tonight. And I was like, Vince, we're going to be going live in 30. Meet me at the house. It don't matter what's going on. Tipsy Tuesday, don't get canceled. And my dad was like, do what you have to do. Like, he knew it was so important to so many drunk ladies all over the world. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> they have to get drunk on Tuesdays. <laughs> well, let's bring Joel out yeah, for a wrap up. I want to talk about a couple of things really quick. Well, we... Dina, you want to stay on with us? Stay on with us. Sure. Yeah. Here's the man. Um, so, you got anything to stay at, Joel, before we... Well, we had a lot of people listening in and they tuned in just to hear Dina because they love us, but they love Dina even more. So, Dina, thanks for gracing us with your presence. Yeah, and we put out – I'm going to screw this whole thing up. Uh, we put out the – help me with this, Joe. We put out the uh, – GoFundMe page for uh, for Pete Michaels who passed away uh, due to a heart attack on Monday night. So we started a campaign to help him and his family. Um, I know it's – donate, Please donate. Yeah, please donate. I know it's a tough time. Especially comedians. I know you're having a tough time. We all knew Pete. Dina, did you know Pete? No. Yeah, and uh, Pete was a, a great guy, and we really need to raise some money for his family. So go to the GoFundMe page, and uh, just anything you can give, it's going to help. So, 
Well, thank you guys so much. Guys, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back. Thanks, Dina, Dina, you're the best. Please we'll come talk back. to you very soon. We're no. probably going to be quarantined for two months, Dina. There's no reason you can't come back. Where am I going to be? <laughs> All right, In see you guys. In front of the fireplace, joining us. This is Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm Mark Rigadana. That's Richie Byrne, Dina Blizzard, Joel. Good Last night. call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.